we finally got the news we've all been waiting for. Dwayne Haskins is announced as the starter for the Washington football team. Ron Rivera, head coach, showing his support. He's supporting him 100%. Mohamed Sanu got released from New England, and apparently if Kirk Cousins dies, he dies. Not much else going on today uh, in the world of NFL. Welcome into the Dynasty Mafia podcast. I'm Antonio Denisi. With me, as always, Eric Denisi and Keenan Jimajic. What's going on today, fellas? Well, you had me speechless. <laughs> I, yeah, not, not much, man. You know, we're recording here at midnight. This is, uh, this is a new for us, huh? Hey, man, got to grind when you got to grind. Yeah. But, yeah, episode, uh, episode part, or part two of our rankings. Uh, yeah, so we are recording on Wednesday. So if anything Thursday. comes Thursday. Thursday. Well, yeah, Thursday, 12.07 a.m. If anything news comes out Thursday during the day, we won't have that for you. But we got some awesome content. Like we said, our rankings, part two for wide receiver and tight end. We just wrapped up our quarterback and running back episode. Make sure to check that out if you did not. If you are new to us, like I said, welcome in. We're the Dynasty Mafia, here with you all season long, all non-point scoring season for 2021 and more years to come. So, uh, like I said, welcome and make sure you're following us on Twitter at the Dynasty Mafia at Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're looking pretty fly right now. Got our coffee, got our uh, our mascara on to make sure we're not so puffy with our eyes, right? Yeah. What's the makeup team coming here again? <laughs> They're coming in. <laughs> um, yeah, and to uh, to our listeners who have been with us through thick and thin, appreciate it. Episode eleven, I think we're at right now. We're moving along. Um, lost count. Yeah, lost count. So many. No, but honestly, appreciate uh, appreciate everybody with us. So with with that being said, I think we're going to start it right into our wide receiver rankings. Uh, this is all PPR, uh, as we were doing uh, with our last episode as well. So top twelve, pretty easy. Number one wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. Consensus. Oh, I'm sorry. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Oh, I was going to say, what, what is going on right now? I didn't know you loved him that much, though. Oh, man. I mean, he went as a wide receiver five in one of our drafts this weekend, guys. And I love Kelvin Ridley. You all, everybody knows I love Kelvin Ridley. My jaw dropped when he was drafted at number five overall wide receiver. Which league? That was in WWE League. Who, who did that? Do you remember? Lou. Lou. No, Nick did. Well, I mean, a Terrari, you know. Yeah, it was a Terrari. I mean, come on. Man. He's not number one, but he is going to be talked about today in our episode, folks. So get your Calvin Ridley binoculars out. Anyways, like I said, Michael Thomas is our number one. That's pretty obvious for everybody across the board, I'd say. He's going to be MT the way he is. Probably not going to do what he did last year because that's insane, but he's the only other person that can get close to it. Now, our number two wide receiver, unless you guys have something you want to jab in, because Michael Thomas does deserve to be talked about, at least have something good mentioned. I got nothing. I mean, it's going to be another great year for him. Yeah. I mean, uh, if he gets in, unless he gets injured, I don't see him not being number one. I mean, that whole offense. Especially with uh, if Drew Brees plays the full year. Yeah. Um, you know, Brees missed a couple games last year. I know he was still great with Teddy Bridgewater, but. 
you know, it doesn't hurt that Evan Breeze, you know, for the whole season. So yeah. hey, they still got. I mean, they still got a good backup too, even if Breeze does get hurt. Um, so yeah, yeah, and they got Winston as a backup, so probably better than Bridgewater. So I, I don't think I don't think there's much to talk about. So no, I just wanted to make sure that we're we're keeping his spirits uplifted because when you're at the top, it's it is tough to stay at the top. I guess I guess I, I what I could mention is. If something happened with the Kamara contract situation, Kamara does hold out, they might have to lean on the pass game even a little bit more. So, I mean, only positive things for Michael Thomas. That's true. I mean, like we said, uh, Kamara returned to practice on Wednesday. We were probably expecting some type of news to be out as of this episode. But if not, and it does go south, you're not wrong there. All right, number two, Devontae Adams. I know uh, Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill seem to be kind of uh, fluctuating that two and three spot. We do have Tyreek Hill as our number three, but let's talk about Devontae Adams. So kind of a down year last year. Uh, He did miss four games. Aaron Rodgers kind of struggled. Uh, That offense was kind of figuring itself out with Matt LaFleur coming in. And, uh, you know, Aaron Jones did what he did with, with a bunch of touchdowns. So, I think some of that needs to come back to reality where Aaron Jones might give some more over to Devontae Adams' way. Uh, So why don't – let's see, I got him here at three. Keenan, you also have him at two, and Eric at two. So, Keenan, why don't you you say why uh, Tyreek Hill uh, deserves to be under Devontae Adams? What was that? I'm sorry. Why don't you tell us why Devontae (laughs) Adams deserves to be over Tyreek Hill? And I'm jumping ahead of myself here. Um, Well, I mean – what Green Bay did in the draft is just, you know, a lot of question marks there. They didn't get Rodgers any help. And I think Rodgers is definitely going to rely on Adams even more this year because Rodgers wants to show the Packers coaching staff and management that he's still Aaron Rodgers. And, and I mean, who do they have over there in Green Bay besides Adams and Jones? You got a, you got a bunch of, um, you know, a bunch of no-names players trying to build – Trying to build a, trying to build an NFL career for them. I mean, I guess you know even Rodgers came out today. I guess he's given some some credit to Marquise Scanlon for having a breakout training camp. Can we take that at? Can we take that into any account, or or is this going to be the Devontae Adams show over there in, in Green Bay? I think. I mean, like I said, I, I think Rodgers is going to rely on him even more this year to make sure that. Who's the quarterback they drafted? Why can't I think of his name right now? Jordan Love. Yeah, Jordan Love. To make sure Jordan Love does not take over that um, – take over quarterback one. And, you know, players like Aaron Rodgers, they're going to make sure that if if they are going to be, you know, released from the team, they're going to do it on their own terms. I mean, look at look what, you know, Manning did after Luck was drafted. He wasn't staying there in New England – or New England, in Indy. He want – he said, uh, get me out of here. They released him. He signed with Denver. You know, it was an emotional release. They, you know, he wasn't going to stay there and mentor the guy. So if Jordan Love does, you know, if they want to go with Jordan Love and and um, I think Rogers is going to say, I'm, I want to get out of here, and that's when you should be concerned about Adams. But right now with Aaron Rodgers being his quarterback, I think I think we'll be fine with Adams being being number two. I know I'm going here off on a tangent, but I'll let Eric take over. Um, yeah, but um, he's going to get just a ton of targets, just like he did last year. Last year in 15 games, he had 169 targets. 
this year in the 12 games that he played, or not this year, but uh, sorry, in 2018, he had 169 yeah, targets in 15 say. games. Last year in 2019, in the 12 games that he played, <clears throat> excuse me, he was on target for 169 as well. This offense is going to be the same as it was last year. Last offseason, Mark, Marquez Valdez-Scantlin had, had some hype going towards him. So did Geronimo Allison. He had multiple wide receivers last year that had hype behind him. This year, all we're hearing is is MVS, and that doesn't worry me. He's going to be the main target hog there. It, it's going to be more of the same for him, and you're probably looking at double-digit touchdowns. Yeah, that turf toll really killed him last year. Yeah, that'll kill anybody. That's for sure. That'll kill anybody. And and like you said, his touchdowns were down, and, and that's really what keeps him up there near the top. And I think he's going to get back up there for sure. Uh, the position scarcity at, at Green Bay means he's getting all those targets. So that's enough for Devontae Adams. Number three, as I mentioned, Tyreek Hill. Uh, we know he's got the best quarterback in the world throwing the ball to him. He also dealt with some injuries like Devontae Adams last season. Uh, but was able to come and work through them. He was on a fantastic pace as well uh, to finish the season uh, as a uh, on pace for wide receiver four. So Tyreek Hill, guys, uh, not not too much we really need to talk about. We know he's consistent, tried and true, uh, gets those double-digit touchdowns, can get you almost 1,500 yards, has that kind of potential. Uh, is there anything you want to add on, on Tyreek Hill? I got it. I mean – Terry Kale speaks for himself, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an, a, another great year for him. Um, there's, there's really, I'm not worried about Nicole Hardman or Sammy Watkins getting, you know, a huge bump in targets their way at all. You know, it, it, it'll be, uh, it'll be more of the same for Tyreek. It'll be a good year. I, yeah, perfect. You I, think, I mean, go yeah. ahead. Do you, do you think? Do you think that Travis Kelsey's age is going to help Tyree Gilliam become even more a dominant wide receiver? Because I mentioned it before. I think Travis Kelsey is going to slowly start um, – so you're going to start seeing a decline in him. Uh, maybe not this year, maybe next year. But um, I feel like I feel like Travis Kelsey was the, wide, was the main option there in Kansas City for a long time. I feel like Tyree Kill is about to become that – even a bigger option in that offense. I don't think yet – not not this year, um, but I mean they they both can they both can be wide receiver one and tight end one. I mean it that could easily happen in this offense. So you know there's there's plenty to go around for both of them to get plenty of targets. Um, but I I don't think Kelsey slows down this year. Um, and I mean you just look at other tight ends in the league. They're they're playing into their late thirties. Um, yeah, but they're not. They're not playing at tight end one. Yeah, but he's – Well, he's, he's going to be one of the best tight ends ever. And, but he's it's still young. He's still he's in his you know, early 30s. So. Yeah, and it, but it's, it's a good thing, though, that he is as great as he is because he's in the middle of the field. He's not where Tyreek's going to be. So we don't have to worry about that. And, and uh, I'm sorry, he was, what I meant to say when he was on pace for that wide receiver four, it was on a 16-game pace in the 12 games. Um, it was wide receiver four. He was on pace for. So, I mean, you know, he's going to do great. And that was a couple games without Mahomes. So um, Tyreek Hill, a lot of yardage, that kind of capability. Our number four wide receiver also has that capability with Julio Jones. You know, he's always going to be that one or two spot to lead the league in yards. Now going in age 31, what do you guys think for Julio Jones? I mean, 
we have him up there for obviously most of the other guys behind him are not going to be as old as he is. So do you feel like we have him too high maybe? Or is well, I guess I should go because I have him at seven. Yes, you do. Um, and, you know, a lot of people might not agree with me, might not agree with taking him out of the top five. But if you look at what he was doing last year with Kelvin Ridley, uh, healthy, you know, he, he's not going to finish in the top five, especially especially since Kelvin Ridley is going to be getting the majority of those touchdowns that Julio already doesn't get, if that makes sense. And um, just for those reasons, I mean, top seven, you know, with the amount of amazing wide receivers in the league is still a fantastic year. But, um, but yeah, I, I have him down there. Where do you guys – do one of you have him at three? I have or? him at three. And the only okay. reason I have him at three is we all – we always talk about, you know, how great Julio Jones is, but he he has never been that great in the red zone. I think that's, that's one of the big downfalls of him. Um, he, I mean, I, I wish I had his numbers pulled out, how many touchdowns he had last year. But now with – He only had six. Yeah, now with Hooper gone, who becomes that big red zone threat now? I think it's I'm more really, – I, Really, I think it's more Julio Jones than, than Ridley. Well, and Red Lee already is that, so somebody else needs to be in there because Hooper already had Hooper had yeah. seven touchdowns, six. Yeah, touchdowns. that's that's what I'm saying. I think I think more, I think more will go both both to Ridley and Jones. Where th- that's why I still have him really high up there now with Hooper gone, and I think we have Ridley in our top twelve as well. So I think both of them are going to see more of a production in the red zone for sure. Yeah, and you know they're they're the one of the highest volume uh, passing offenses in the league every single year. And like we've talked about last episode with Matt Ryan, <clears throat> excuse me, going into his second year with Dirk Cutter, they're going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to progress a lot. And even if Julio gets 150 targets, he can still get you over 1,400 yards. So if he does that, and then that touchdown gets a little bit higher, like Keenan's saying, to maybe that 8, 9, even 10 level, of course he's going to be top five. And, and that's why he just has such a safe floor because – of that yardage potential. He's going to get you 90 catches. Um, I think even Calvin Ridley can make that leap with Julio still doing as well as he is because, you know, two great receivers uh, on, on the same offense, it's possible because, you know, another offense showed us that last season and that was the Tampa Bay Bucks with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, both having two of them finish uh, as top 10 wide receivers. And we have, uh, Could you guys see three teams having two top twelve? Having yeah, three teams having two top twelve wide receivers potentially, with the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Rams. Is there any other? I mean, there might be any other teams you could think of. The Cowboys. I mean, that would be tough to see. I guess if you yeah. get Gallup and Amari in there, but they might be the next one. I would I would think that would be close. Um, I don't know. That'd be in, that would be real interesting. Well, but um, I mean, the, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is our fifth wide receiver, and he's got Christian Kirk, who also kind of had a an underwhelming year, but had a great rookie year. So I mean, there's a chance that he could at least be a top twenty four wide receiver. So, but with DeAndre Hopkins moving over to Arizona and Christian Kirk kind of being there, do you think with him being at five? I mean, I'm the lower one on DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm kind of skeptical on, on maybe him having that same production in Houston that he had in Houston. But Keenan, why why should DeAndre Hopkins be up there? Why should he be a top five? It's DeAndre Hopkins, man. Come on. I mean, the last 
the last few years, he's he's the only wide receiver that got 30% uh, target share. And, and he, I mean, that was in Houston. But I think that offense is going to slowly – it's gonna it's gonna turn to rely on Hopkins more. I mean, Christian Kirk got most of the targets last year. I mean, you got an aging Larry Fitzgerald. Um, I just think they I think I think they're gonna rely on him just like Houston relied on on him. I mean, you can't you can't you you, you don't do you really think that he's that that offense is not gonna form into relying on him even even count on him more. Does that make sense? I think they're just going to count on him to make those plays that they never had a receiver like Hopkins before. So I think they're going to use him, and they traded for him for a reason. No, it does make sense to me. Let me let me but, say something. Hopkins has seen at least 150 catches since 2014. Uh, targets. Targets, I'm sorry, targets. Yeah, there's no way that. Why can't I think his name? The you just said his name. Kyler Murray. Yeah, no. The, oh, Cliff Kingsbury. Please, Cliff. Yeah, him. There's no way that he traded for him, and he was not going to give at least 120 targets to to DeAndre. Because look what Hopkins did to help Deshaun Deshaun Watson become what Deshaun Watson is today. And I think he's going to rely on Watson. Or I'm struggling over here. It's 12:25, people, at nighttime. We should be. I should be in bed. Uh, But there's no way that Arizona's not going to rely on Hopkins to help. Kyler Murray take the next step, kind of like Houston did with with um, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, well, you kind of proved my point, though, when you said even if he gets 120 targets, that's my fear, is that he might get 120 targets. I currently have him out for 137, so not too crazy, but he's not going to see 30% target share like he did in Houston. He, like you said, was the only person in the league that really did that that's because that offense was designed that way. This offense doesn't do that. They're more of a spread offense. They're more of a very fast pace offense. And I can see DeAndre Hopkins getting, well, like I said, in the 130s, but if he gets 120, let's call it a worst case. You give him his career average yards per catch and his touchdown rate. He's got 1,060 yards on 78 catches and only eight touchdowns. That sounds like an all right year, right? Well, that's not a top five year. And that's, that's what, that's what might worry me with Hopkins. But, of course, that's what we said as a floor. But I don't know. I, I, that's why I, see, I have him as seven. So, it's not too far down, but he's currently what, – What kind of uh, percentage target share do you think he's going to get? I have him at 24 with 130 targets. Okay. So, you, okay. So, I mean, I, I personally it's think they're going to be – I personally think I have him at about 25%. Um, I think they're going to be closing more to, more to six – closer to 600 uh, attempts. So I I believe – I don't have it in front of me, but I believe I had him for about 150 targets. Yeah. Um, And and I get that. But, yeah, I mean, they have Kenyon Drake. Like you said, they're spread offense, fast-paced. They're going to be passing it a lot. They're going to be running a lot of plays. Um, They they have running backs that can catch the ball too. And they have a lot of wide receivers in there. That's why I think – and like I said, Christian Kirk, I think he can see almost 120 targets. So that's that's where that might come into play. But you also, it's going to be tough, I think, for Kirk to see 120. He he hasn't been he hasn't been in that offense with a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to demand like that 25 percent target share. And I mean, I guess it's possible for Kirk. Like I still have Kirk for having a you know pretty good year. 
I just yeah, but Kirk was the wide receiver one for the most part last year, and it showed that he was getting that target share as well. So I think Hopkins coming in helps Kirk because of his rookie season when he did well. But it will also help Hopkins. They're and both going to do well. I think it was more so just because nobody else was there as to why Kirk was getting those targets. How many tar- yeah, how many targets did he get last he's year? He's a good wide receiver, but he's absolutely nothing compared to what Kirk Hopkins got, is going to He was on pace for 118. He got injured. Uh, he missed a few games. 118? Yeah. I- um, but he only got 106. But, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Hopkins could have higher, like I said, yards per catch. Um, I'm excited to see what he does, but right now that skepticism just has him a little bit lower for me. Um, so let's move on to the aforementioned uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer wide receivers. We have Chris Godwin at six and Mike Evans at eight. Let's just talk about them both together, why don't we? Um, I've got Mike Evans at four, which I know is a lot higher than, than most are having. I mean, Keenan's got him at 11 and Eric's got him at 11 as well. So, like, he's a big – I'm a big reason that he's up there. Um, but I, I want to let you guys talk about Chris Godwin first since, you know, Keenan and, and Eric have him at six and four respectively. Uh, so, so Eric, why don't you start with Chris Godwin? Yeah. Um, obviously, I, you know, I still think they're both going to have great years, both in the top 12. Um, but, you know, I, I think there's a chance – you know, I know you think Mike Evans is going to have – you know, the higher touchdown count there. But I think there's still a good chance that Godwin, they, they could both potentially have double-digit touchdowns in this offense. If, if not, you know, I believe last year they Godwin had nine and Evans had eight, um, which I know it'll be different with Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, speaking on that, you know, I know, I know a few episodes ago, Antonio, you were talking about, you know, not really caring about him playing out of the slot. But I think it does matter. Um, that he's going to be playing out of the, out of the slot, you know, more so than Evan Evans will. And yeah, um, I I think the reason Anthony has him so much, you know, higher than we do is because I think we, you and I, have Godwin playing in the slot more than Evans, and he has Evans playing in the slot more than Godwin. Am I correct, Antonio? Oh, hundred percent. Because we know who we know. Tom Brady loves his slot receivers, especially in the last you know few years with Julian Edelman. I see Godwin in the slot more than I see Evans, honestly. I think Evans is more more of that physical wide receiver that you will see, you know, make those plays um, by the sidelines, where I see Godwin more in the middle of the field, you know, catching the ball and taking it 20, 30 yards. Um, I, I, think that's, I think that's where the big difference is between, between me and Eric and you. It, it is, and, and I have Chris Godwin at 11 – and it's no disrespect on the talent. Trust me, I love him. But there's not a 5,000-yard passer on that offense anymore like Jameis Winston was. And that's why they both can't do what they did last year. Now, they're both going to see pretty similar targets, at least in my opinion. But the way I see this is Chris Godwin was the first wide receiver to finish in the top five in PPR with under 130 targets in the last five years. So – you know that you got to get at least 130 targets, which is kind of why I was also talking about Hopkins um, and his potential issue for 120 targets. So if Godwin doesn't get his 130 or Evans doesn't get their 130, one of us might be wrong or have to be wrong from at least a statistical standpoint. Um, but speaking of Chris, God, like on, on the way you were saying with the slot, uh, he does play a lot more in the slot. Um, he had the second most points in the slot. So 
I know he's going to do well, but he's not a Julian Edelman or Wes Welker slot receiver. He's more of a traditional, or he's more of a downfield slot receiver than a traditional one. And now you add, you add Gronkowski, you have OJ Howard, they're going to crowd the middle. That's where Godwin's already looking to go. If he doesn't, they move him to the outside. Well, now you don't have him in the slot where he's going to see as much targets and get as much receptions. Now he's great with the yards after catch. He's so fast. He's a big, big player, and he's great. Um, reminds me a lot of Juju, um, as I've said before. But that's, that's what worries me. Mike Evans, I think he's going to get the targets. I think he's going to get that downhill trust from Brady. He's just going to throw it up and get it. He's going to be a nice red zone threat. Um, he proves it in and out. He can get 40-plus yard touchdowns. You know, I've mentioned it before. We've seen Randy Moss do really great things with Tom Brady. I'm not saying he's Randy Moss, but that was the last time he had a receiver um, of that kind of a caliber. It's in 2006. He doesn't have the arm to throw that ball anymore. Hey, he's got the. He just needs to throw it 40 or 50 yards and let Evans do the rest. Did you and see Bruce Bruce Arians' offense? Like I've said, uh, the stats the stats I've had before were he the quarterbacks in that offense seem to have career high pass attempts. Now, Brady thrown over 600 a few times. I think they might get close to that, but that's why I think Evans can get 140, 150 targets. Did you say that Evans had more uh, slot, time, slot time than uh, Godwin? Or No, no. He, he's all, all primarily outside. Yeah, because Godwin played 63.4% of but his it, It's just that he doesn't throw two slot receivers traditionally that much. And if they have Gronkowski and O.J. Howard on the field – you know, with the 12 personnel, are you really going to put Godwin in the slot right next to your tight ends? No, you're, you're probably going to put him outside. And that's the only reason why Godwin's going to be great. I just don't think he's going to return that top five value again. Well, you have but Evans in top five. I have he, Evans fourth because I think Evans is going to be the one that's going to get over 130 targets. I think he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. And he's never had under 1,000 yards in all six seasons. Uh, you know, so I, I think that that's going to continue for sure. And that's why I have him at number four. I hope so. I mean, you guys know I love my love me some Mike Evans. I know you do. It's gonna be it's gonna be real fun to watch that offense. And they just added Leonard Fournette, guess, like we I, talked I guess about. It's a coin flip, and and because you, you know you're making good points, Antonio. I just for Evans, and I want I want to be able to see it, but I and but the, the tight end point is what really really got me a little got me thinking a little bit. Um, so. And, and that's the thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, they don't have Gronkowski and O.J. Howard, very talented tight ends, to not have them play. I know Gronk's older, but he's going to be on the field as a decoy, if anything, and, and Godwin's not going to be lined up right next to him because then you're going to ruin any ability for Mike Evans, who can be doubled. Um, but Maybe we know, got both of these a little high. Maybe we better put both of these guys down a little bit. No, I, th- I really think one of them is going to be top five and one of them is going to finish outside the top ten. Um, you know, I don't think they can both do it again, but they're both going – as our current consensus ranks, that's how they're being drafted as six and eight. Godwin six, Mike Evans eight. So, like I said, I think one of them is going to have to going to have to make people upset, and one will make them happy. So, in between Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, our number seven consensus: Kenny Galladay, Mister Smooth Man himself, led the league in touchdown receptions last year. What can this twenty-six-year-old whom? The Lions sound like they're hoping to extend and keep him around for a while. Uh, what can he do this season, guys? What can he do to top what he did last year? Can he get 1,500 yards? He only played eight games with Stafford last year. You know, I, we talk about Calvin Ridley taking that next step all, all offseason. And maybe even last season we talked about it. But I think this is the guy that's going to take that next step. I really do. I, 
who else do they have in, in uh, Detroit? Can you who? Marvin Jones is going to be back from his usage, but I mean, besides that, there really isn't just Danny Amendola and Hawkinson hopefully taking yeah. a leap. And and Stafford coming back healthy, I think. I mean, Stafford's a great quarterback. I, I I'm still shocked that that team hasn't won a playoff game with him at, at quarterback, and with all the talent they've they've had uh, throughout the years. Well, back to Kenny Galladay. I this is the this to me is Calvin Ridley to you, Antonio. I think he's about to take the next step. Um, like you said, he's led he's led the league in touchdowns, which is which is uh, which is great for fantasy. Um, and he did he did that without Stafford being healthy for a hundred percent of the year last year. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I love Galladay. I have him at six. Um, but it, it, I almost feel like I should have him higher. It's he he could very well lead the lead the league in touchdowns again. How many games did Stafford play yet? Did we have that handy? Eight. He played eight. 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 And they Stafford got... was on pace to finish as a quarterback, too, I believe. Had... Stafford was on pace for 670 attempts. He had... like, he had... That's not happening. He had 116 targets last year, Galladay did, without Stafford throwing him the ball, obviously, the whole the whole time. 1,200 yards yeah. in, in 11 touchdowns? I mean, that's got to go up if Stafford stays healthy. Really? I mean, yeah, remember the first game that Stafford was hurt and, you know, David blah, came in and he threw a yeah. touchdown pass to him. And I think it was the first play. I remember watching that and I was like, oh my gosh, did this really happen? I sat Galladay. I was yeah. just so, I was so mad. Uh, but, you know, yeah, finished as the wide receiver nine last year with those quarterback issues and only having the 116 targets because he gets such high yards per reception. He's having over 18 yards per catch last year. He is and the just thing such about- a big down the field player. The thing about Galladay is you can get him in the back of the third round, sometimes even the early fourth round. I, that's I was actually I was just about to mention his ADP is 25th overall. So, I mean, he is creeping up a bit. He was down there uh, for for a little while, a little lower, but he's ahead of Mike Evans, ahead of Allen Robinson, right behind Chris Godwin, so kind of how we have it. But I, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Kenny Galladay or Allen Robinson in this PPR? Galladay. Just because of the quarterback. Galladay. If Stafford stays healthy, I mean, we just talked about what he what he was on pace for before he got hurt. Yeah, for me, it's the quarterback and the touchdowns. Besides DeAndre Hopkins, has there what? Who was the last wide receiver who played really well with with a bunch of no name quarterbacks? Can you think of one? Yeah, there there uh, hasn't been hasn't been much to perform like Kenny Galladay did. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe Allen Robinson, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I feel like I'm always down on Allen Robinson, and I, I don't know why. But Well, he won't be talked about in this episode, so we, all three of us <laughs> collectively are down on him, uh, currently going as a wide receiver nine, Allen Robinson. Um, but our wide receiver nine, Juju Smith-Schuster, looking for uh, a bounce-back year after you know Pittsburgh in general kind of went downhill when Ben Roethlisberger got injured uh, very early in the season. Uh, currently going as the wide receiver 15, finished last season as ugh, wide receiver 60s. Make, I don't even want to say it. What'd you say? He finished that low. Uh, he, yeah, he, he was not. He did not. Well, you got to remember, he was injured, uh, oh. so he didn't play a full season. They had Mason Rudolph. They had Devlin Hodges. Um, but, yeah, he finished as I'm able to just kind of keep hopefully going down. But, uh, no, yeah, and then Deontay Johnson, James Washington had their their seasons. 
of, of coming out a little bit, but he, he was a uh, 65th only in uh, 12 games. So, but that's the point though. He had 552 yards and um, three touchdowns, not, not too much, but uh, with that horrible quarterback play. So you bring in, you bring in Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster was a top six wide receiver in 2018. I know he had Antonio Brown, but he had over 160 targets, which he could totally see again. So if he can see 100 catches and get you over 1,300 yards and borderline double-digit touchdowns, why wouldn't you get him, you know, as a wide receiver 15? I mean, with Big – He's a lead winner in my mind. And with Big Ben coming back, you just you, – you, you're going to see the old Juju back before, uh, before Big Ben went down last year. Um, I think, I think that's a big thing. We just talked about, we just talked about it with, uh, with Stafford going down and how he helped, he, he's going to help Galladay out. I think that's the same case over here with big Ben coming back. I don't think Ju- there's no way Juju's going to end up at 60th. I don't care if that happens. I mean, then Juju's a big bust, but he's definitely gonna, he's definitely gonna demand a ball more. I, I understand, you know, they, they've signed, they signed Eric Ebron. They drafted, uh, Claypool. But I think he's going to be the number one guy there for sure. He's going to demand the ball more, and and I think the I think having more talent also line up line up with Juju is going to take off take some pressure off him as well. Where there's more talent to cover on the field, you just said you know a couple wide receivers made a name for themselves last year, and now they drafted another one and they signed a. Um, a big red zone target tight end. I think it's going to help Juju out too. Yeah, and like I said, wide receiver fifteen. I mean, the man is a league winner. He can be a top five wide receiver. If you go running back, running back, draft yourself Juju and Kelvin Ridley. Juju and you know the next guy we'll talk about DJ Moore. Well, Juju well, and Mike Evans. Yeah, I wanted to mention that uh, when we were talking about Galladay and Mike Evans. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if you're like if if you're you know pick eight, nine, or ten taking two running backs and then coming back with Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay. Could you imagine if you got like Miles Sanders and, you know, Kenyon Drake and then Kenny Galladay and Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, Oh, man, actually, I'd go Juju and DJ Moore for that PPR. Man, that would just be great. And you go get Austin Eckler. I don't know. I'm going too far here, but I'm just excited. That's just the PPR. It's just this year is built for the back end round drafters i believe i really think it is i mean i know you can get chris mccaffrey in the first pick and but uh, i don't know I, i'm i'm move, i'm going crazy because anything, i want to talk about dj more one, one more thing if anything if he's not who we think he if we if juju doesn't have that great of a year his numbers are going to go up no matter what from last year three touchdowns and only 552 yards they got to go mean, up right that's a great point. If you, like you're drafting him as, as we just said, like the wide receiver 15. So if you want up getting him as your wide receiver too, and he doesn't do that, he could still put up close to a thousand yards and maybe six, seven touchdowns. But I don't see any world where he's getting you less than 70 to 80 catches with a, with a 16 game pace. Um, so I think he has a good floor to get you, get you, get you close to 15 or better. Uh, so like I said, I want to talk about DJ Moore here, people, uh, we need to talk about him more in general. You know, DJ Moore is my number five wide receiver. Uh, he's fantastic. It's just plain and simple. I mean, he had Kyle Allen, one of the worst downfield passers last year. And he had, in a 14-game pace, he had 1,200 yards 
and and three touchdowns. Now the three touchdowns is the problem. That's 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 where the issues are as to why he finished or four touchdowns. Sorry, is why he finished as wide receiver sixteen. But like I just told you, that was in fourteen games. You give him two more games. You, I mean, he, he he's easily going to get you a hundred catches. So he was on pace for almost 160 targets, 10 catch, 10 targets a game. You bring in Teddy Bridgewater from New Orleans, who just dealt with whom? The best wide receiver in the game, Michael Thomas, who demands the 160 targets. So he's already used to that because he did have to play for five games last year uh, in, in lieu of Drew Brees. That's what I think they're going to do, though. Whole new revamp in Carolina, whole new uh, offensive coordinator, head coach, everybody coming in. They got CMC, but he's not getting 130 targets anymore. Um, I think that that's what DJ Moore is going to get, and he's going to get you a floor of 1,200 yards and and five, six touchdowns, which is going to put him right around wide receiver 10 for me. Another big value, another big league winner. With all those changes, are you scared that it's going to affect him, Antonio? Not at all. I think his quarterback improved. uh, Coaching staff. um, They added another wide receiver in Robbie Anderson on the other side. I that's the, so, only, that's the only thing that scares me. To me, that's all positives. You know why? Because they bring in Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, who was for LSU, that amazing offense, record-setting offense. You bring in Matt Rule, the head coach from Baylor, uh, you know, and they like, to, they like to put up some yards. Then you bring in some more talent. Okay, Robbie Anderson. So that means someone else is going to be looking at him, you know, like a safety because Robbie Anderson's a deep threat. Now, DJ Moore is more of a shorter – uh, yardage guy. He's he's a really good route runner. He'll get you 10, 11, 12 yards of catch. Um, but he's going to take away from the safeties worrying about him with Robbie Anderson. I don't know. I, I'm very excited for it. I just, like I said, I don't think CJ or CMC sees those kind of targets. Teddy Bridgewater's an improvement. He's so good in between the 10 to 20 range. Yeah, you're, so you're jumping on that CMC isn't going to be the top five, huh? You're jumping <laughs> on that again. But back to DJ Moore, I, he only had four touchdowns last year. Four. Four on 135 targets. Isn't that crazy? It is, and you're not going to expect – I don't think you can expect to get so many touchdowns, like the, the 10, no, 10 double-digit range. But, yes, I, four has to come up, like for sure. Um, I mean, he had Cam Newton in his first year, um, but he still only had two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. But the, the bright side on this, I'm looking at his stats, he went from 82 targets to 135 targets. So they are using him. And that was in 14 games. He almost doubled his targets. He was on pace uh, to almost double it. Insane. Um, Eric, we're going to have you talk about our number 11 wide receiver. Eric, are you sleeping over there? It's yeah, man. It's o'clock. Yeah, you better wake no, up. No, man. I just I can't get any words out. You guys are yapping, you know. Um. <laughs> I just wanted you to uh, to save the best for – I just wanted to save the best for you, Eric, because, you know, you're a little low here on Amari. Uh, we have him as our wide well, – not a little low, but – Lower. We have Mazar 11, uh, wide receiver here. So I know you like your CD Lamb. I know you like Dak Prescott. You love that Dallas offense, and you're a little lower on Amari. So uh, why is that? Uh, like you just said, it's it's my love for CD Lamb and knowing that Michael Gallup has, you know, top wide receiver, you know, talent. I mean, he, he there very well could be three top 25 top 20 receivers in this offense um and it's just there's going to be a lot to go around but i don't think there's going to be enough for amari to stay in that top 10 12 range 
like he always like he always has been. Like I mean, just as it is already every year, he doesn't feel like a top twelve guy. He just somehow gets there. And now adding Ceedee Lamb, you know, potentially having an even better run game with McCarthy coming in. You know, when he has a when he has a a top running back, he uses them and he knows how to use them. Um, it, I just I don't know. If it, if it's gonna be this is this is gonna be the year where he doesn't feel like a top twelve wide receiver and he doesn't actually finish as one. Um, not to say he's gonna have a bad year. I still I believe I have him at sixteenth, but I just I, I don't I don't see it happening for him. But again, it's it's more so my love for Stevie Lamb. Yeah, I could definitely see the targets going down a little bit. He had one hundred nineteen last year. They added Lamb. Um, they're gonna they're gonna bring up. The coaching staff is going to bring a better running game, hopefully. Um, I mean, they have Zeke. That why not? Why not? If he's if he's had that um, reputation to have a to use the running backs more, I think I think they're they're definitely going to use Zeke a little bit more than than the old regime did. So I definitely could see the targets going down for sure. Yeah. Well. So so would you rather have Amari or Adam Thielen? Well, Keen, I'm sure I know your answer. I'm not even gonna answer. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Um, even I, I would definitely rather have Adam Thielen. Even though, even though I do have, you know, our rankings, I, I do have Amari Cooper having a better year, but I wouldn't be shocked if Thielen had that better year, just because of what what is going on in Minnesota. You know, we talked about in our last episode without with Justin Jefferson not not producing like he was like he like we all thought he would um and Diggs being gone and all those targets targets being available for Thielen now with 94 targets with Diggs being gone in this situation they added a no they added another wide receiver but there was also there's Gallup there where Thielen doesn't have anyone else there and I I have Thielen as my wide receiver nine um if you look at 2017 2018 he was at 142 and 153 targets. Yeah, I mentioned um, that ago. Yeah, he he's going to be a target hog there, providing he he stays healthy for 16 games. But you know, I'm going to project him for 16 games, and he's he's going to finish above Amari Cooper. I mean, especially if I mean, Antonio, how do you think Amari Cooper, you know, goes up significantly from 119 targets, or goes down, or stays about the same? I think he's going to stay somewhat about the same, but I do think there's a shot. He's more efficient and gets higher yards per catch. Um, he definitely will probably get a higher A dot um, and then close to double digit touchdowns. So he finished as wide receiver 10 last year. I think there's just a possibility he could be a top eight. Um, but I mean, I got him as my ninth as well. So, and you, so you think Amari's going to get double digit touchdowns? I think, yeah, I mean, he had eight last year. And you're bringing CD in, who's going to take even more pressure off of. And also like take said. touchdowns away, though. Yes, he will take touchdowns, but I mean, if Dak throws 32 touchdowns, yeah. and Amari, I mean, I don't know, know. Amari's never had double-digit touchdowns. I just I, I he know. hasn't, but he never had a quarterback who could throw 30 touchdowns. Time out, Antonio. Derek Carr's most was what 26. He did last year, and he didn't do it. Time out, Antonio. You're you know we and he had Michael there. Gallup on the other side taking some pressure off. I want to put Antonio on the hot seat here, Eric. You know, whenever we talk about Dak Prescott, he talks about how they're going to not throw the ball as much because of what McCarthy – what's his name? 
the coach. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. Holy crap. 1251 people. Um, he doesn't, he, he, he doesn't throw the ball as much or, or, you know, they use up the time, the whole play clock and they're, they're not a fast moving offense that he likes to run, even though he had Aaron Rodgers. But now you're saying that he's going to, with Amari, you're saying that he's going to, he's not going to lose any targets, even though you're saying that they're not going to run as many plays. They're not going to throw the ball as much. They add in lamb and they have Gallup. Something's exactly what I'm saying. I mean, Something's got to give here. How, much, how many targets do you think CeeDee Lamb's going to get? I mean, you got to remember, Randall Cobb was there. Jason Witten was there. That's a lot of targets there. That, that's over 130 targets. Yeah, but they're not I mean, gonna, you're saying they're not going to throw the ball as much, but you're still – Well, let's say they – I mean, if he threw 596 times. If he throws the ball 580 times, they still have 100-plus targets to give to CeeDee Lamb. Blake Jarwin, who already had 40-plus – you know, there's enough targets to disperse there. What they did was instead of spreading their offense, um, I believe they're going to concentrate it more between the three of them, Jarwin and Zeke. Um, Pollard might get some here and there, but that's why I think you're going to see uh, Amari might get 130. Gallup will get his 110, 115. And then that's where you'll see CD maybe have 50 or 60, and then everybody else will get theirs. So you got you got Amari. You think CD will only get 50 or 60 targets? Or I don't think CD's going to get as many as people think. No, I mean you got to remember 60. That's still four or five targets a game. That's a lot for a rookie. I mean, well, and you got, you Randall got Cobb found himself 83 targets in this offense last year. Correct. So if you give a little <laughs> bit less to CD, move them over to Amari. Blake. Why Jordan would you give yet. less to CD than you would an aging Randall Cobb? Because Randall Cobb was in the slot, CD's not going to be playing in the slot most of the time. I, I think they might actually move I mean, they're going to be moving well, him around. I don't he's know. Gonna be playing, he's gonna I be think playing they're going to have to put him in the slot, but he's going to have to adjust. I mean, he isn't primarily the slot guy, but Gallup plays the outside. Amari can play outside. Maybe Amari's even in the slot. Yeah. I mean, actually, I don't they, they, did mention, they did mention Amari, now that I remember, he's going to play the slot a bit more. Which no, is they, gonna they said they're going to be playing CD all over the field. Well, they are too, yeah. But, I mean, earlier in the uh, training camp, they were talking about putting him in the slot. So, I don't know. I, I think that there's a good chance he could stay the same and finish exactly where he was, which was wide receiver 10. So that wouldn't put us too far off. Um, but I think we should move on to our final wide receiver. Hold on. Uh, Antonio, well, why, don't you, why don't you take this one? Yeah, I'll keep talking. Don't worry. I love to be talking. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the last few people I, I really have I'm infatuated with. DJ Moore is a big fan of my. I'm a big fan. And Mike Evans. And now number 12, Calvin Ridley. Um, I know – I'm beating a dead horse here, people, but you can't tell me you don't like listening to it. If, if he's not in your top 12 yet, we're all doing something wrong. You know, uh, like I said, he, had, he was on pace uh, to finish as wide receiver 16. He 114 targets, 78 catches, 1,065 yards, and nine touchdowns. That's a great pace for a second-year wide receiver. Now going into his third season – I mean, I don't know what else to tell you besides he was on the same pace as Julio Jones for targets. They got rid of Muhammad Sunu and Austin Hooper. They brought in a uh, a backup tight end from another team whom they wanted to pay a second-round pick for. So I'm sure he's going to get some targets, but not enough to pull away. They bring in Todd Gurley, who's an aging, you know, aging running back with some arthritis. So hopefully they'll run to the ground. But even if he gets 70 targets, Calvin Ridley is on pace to see 120 he might even see 130 targets. And like we just said, a stat of 130 targets could get your borderline top five. I'm just asking to give me 12. Just put him in the top 12. That's all I want. 
And I think that we see every the last two years his yards per target's going up. He's gotten uh, uh, ten touchdowns. I mean, he he's the guy that takes them from Julio. So I think he's got touchdown, double digit touchdown ability every single year. He's just amazing on the field. Um, obviously, there's a world where maybe Julio does dominate again, gets 160 targets. He starts getting more in the red zone, and Kelvin really kind of just stays maybe where he was last season. Well, guess what? You're drafting him as a wide receiver 17, so you're getting your value. I don't see any harm at all in reaching on Kel- of Kelvin maybe a pick or two higher with that ability to, that he could be a top, uh, a top 12 wide receiver, if not more, on one of the highest passing offenses. He, he's definitely trending to get more um, targets, like you said. He only played 13 games. He had 93 catches. So he's, yes. def- he's definitely going to – if he stays healthy, he's definitely going to have more catches than he did last year. Um, he had 92 targets in 2018, um, so, and that was in a full season. And he, he had one more catch in 13 games last year. So he's definitely trending in that direction. Um, yeah, he's got a near 10% touchdown rate. I mean, that's high. I was just, uh, so. just going to mention that. I mean, he's, he's got 17 touchdowns in, in two years. Um, he had seven last year, 10, 10 the year before. I don't see that changing. Um, I, I don't seven and thirteen games. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him not being in the top twelve. I really don't. I, I you know, I wouldn't even be shocked if we're look after the season and we see Ridley at four and Julio at twelve ranking. You know, Keenan, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, Roddy White was the number one uh, before Julio got drafted, and they drafted Julio when he was thirty. Um, Roddy White, that is. And now Calvin Ridley got drafted when Julio was twenty nine. Uh, now Julio would have had a major breakout in year three, but he got injured year four. He had over 160 targets, almost 1600 yards and six touchdowns. Now I don't think that's going to happen with Kelvin, but that's just me saying that, you know, Matt Ryan made that transition from Roddy to Julio. It might be another year till he makes that with Kelvin to Julio, but darn it. There's a chance he could do it. You're not wrong. And man, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I got, but, I got Ridley at 15. Um, I think, I think it's going to be next year. Not, not this year. Which, I mean, 15 is still great, but I still think it's going to be uh, Julio's, uh, the Julio show there. And, you know, that the only depressing Julio thing come next year. The only depressing thing about all this is, I'm, is if Dirk Cutter, if Atlanta does well and they put up a crazy offense again, Dirk Cutter's going to leave and Matt Ryan's going to start square one again with a new offensive coordinator. It's the only frustrating part, but if you want to know what we're talking about, make sure to catch that in our last episode when we talked about uh, Matt Ryan. So that's going, to cancel, that's going to end out our wide receivers. We're going to shift over to our top 12 tight ends. Uh, I think I just want to wrap up with wide receivers here. The key point I think you should take away is in a season like this, especially in a PPR two, try to go get your running backs early and then make sure you just go wide receiver heavy if you want for the next five rounds. I mean, if you go two running backs and draft five, six running wide receivers and then go running back all over again, I mean, you could be looking at some pretty high upside, uh, low floor or high floor team. So anything else from you guys on the wide receivers? I got nothing. I, uh, yeah. I'm just, th- I'm just thinking who's outside of our top 12 that, can potentially be a top 12. Um, I have uh, Cooper Cup at 12. Yeah. Uh, yeah Cooper, Cooper Cup's uh, up in there. Uh, we got Robert Woods uh, is close yeah. on there. I think we have uh, Adam Thielen was our 14th. Yeah. And I have AJ Brown's 15th. 
Yeah. Odell Beckham was right on the back there. A lot of good guys that can creep up in there, except yeah. not over Calvin Ridley. Which is, which is also another good point. We just ran, we just said, what, three, four more names that could be in the top 12. That's why you should draft those running backs early and then, and then load up on wide receivers at the end. And I made that mistake in one of our drafts. Now I'm upset. Oh. I took Godwin. I took Godwin. Yeah, you I, did. Yeah, I, I had to. Um, <laughs> oh, man. All right. Yeah. Moving on to tight ends now. So uh, tight ends, not not too much really to talk about here at the top. Uh, kind of kind of chalk going right down. I mean, you can interchange one and two, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. You can interchange um, one, two, and three. Ooh, Mark Andrews at three. I mean, he can be argued maybe to, to be up near the top if you want to make that case. I, um, I don't want to make that case. I'm just trying to fight <laughs> my bull. Yeah, he has an ability going into his going into his second year. He definitely looks like he has a lot of uh, a lot of ability to break out and become like a Travis Kelsey. You know, the, thing type that, of player. the thing that scares me about him is he had 98 targets last year. Is there room for more targets for him for Mark Andrews? Absolutely. In that offense, I mean, there, there's already there, you know, there's reports out of training camp just saying that he's un, un, unguardable, he's unstoppable, and he's just I mean, dominating people. I mean, we see those reports all the time. I'm just saying, I feel like yeah, they have so much power now. I mean, first of all, you have Lamar Jackson, who's a who's a running but, quarterback, but these and, reports are coming from the actual players, people actually playing against him. So yeah. that's different to me than coach speak for me. It, it, it training camp reports you could t- you could take you could you know whatever but um i just feel like running quarterback they have they have a lot of young wide receivers there they even drafted a, did they draft a wide receiver this year too devin duvernay yeah, yeah. there's a few of them yeah, James but Pro. also they they got rid of hayden hurst yeah that, that's gonna add some more I just feel like, and they should throw the ball more. I mean, they're not going to throw it under 450 targets. We, uh, that's, until that's what we that's what we think we would hope. Um, but like I said, until until that happens, we we got to consider Lamar Jackson a run first quarterback. And I feel like if that if he if the offense stays the same like it did last year, I feel like 98, 98 to one hundred ten catches is the ceiling. For him. Targets. Targets. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I guess. guess that was almost that was twenty four percent of the targets. I mean, that's it, a lot. That's wide receiver one numbers. That's why. Like, does it bother you that he was like the wide receiver? Like, he basically was what Travis Kelsey is in Kansas City, except now they have Marquise Brown coming up. I mean, and that's my point. I, Are they going to use Brown more? I'm not worried. He's they could they can use Brown more if they pass more. Like Antonio, I believe they will. They can use Hollywood Brown more and still use Mark Andrews more. Like I said, Hayden Hurst is gone. They're going to throw more. I mean, Mark Andrews to that offense is very close to what George Kittle is to that offense. And I'm not – I guess in the passing game. So, I mean, obviously, you know. Yeah, they center, they center the offense around different him. than Jimmy Garoppolo. But in that passing game, he is arguably the number one option. I mean, th- I think Hollywood will become the number one option this year, but there's still plenty of room for uh, Mark Andrews to get more work. Do you think 10 touchdowns is a ceiling for him, which he hit last year? No, that's not a ceiling at all. I mean, I, I do think I do think 12, he could be a 12-touchdown 
not every year, but like I think there's a couple seasons that you could see Mark Andrews with 12 touchdowns in his career. And you know, Kelsey doesn't very often hit that double digit mark. That's the big oh. difference. Mark Andrews led the league in with tight end touchdowns. He had the highest yards per catch besides Jared Cook from all these tight ends. So he's got a lot of talent. Well, I didn't even notice that Jared Cook had nine touchdowns last year until now. Yeah, it was all on sixty-five targets. He yeah. he only he had yeah he had touched on almost every five catches. It was insane. Can't can't sustain that. Yeah, but no. someone that can sustain the production they get and the targets they get is Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. He's our number four consensus tight end. Uh, he finished as number four last season. Had uh, the second most targets, but for a tight end with one hundred thirty-five. But you know Philadelphia again plagued with injuries. Um, they didn't, uh, I guess fix those injury issues for this season. So do you see Zach Ertz? Like I said, we have him as four. Can he get any higher than four or is he kind of capped now, you know, turning 30, they did give him an extension. What's the deal with Zach Ertz? Can he get back to that top, top two? No, he he could go down a couple slots for sure with, uh, I mean, he's, like you said, there's a bunch of injuries there. Is Carson Wentz healthy? We don't know that. Um, and Goddard, who we saw last year, was is up and coming. He's going to take targets away from him if he stays healthy too. So I don't see Zacharis go jumping Mark Andrews, who's who we just talked about is very. Uh, he's they rely on him a lot. Um, definitely not over Kelsey. Definitely not over Kittle. Both both those offenses are going to rely on rely on that on those three tight ends. Where I feel like Zacharis, he he's got Goddard there. Um, and and I feel like they don't use a, use their tight ends as much as the other three teams do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he can get into the top three, but I don't see a world where he's not in the top five. And now they're going to be missing uh, Jalen Rager for up to four weeks with a torn labrum. You know, I, I know Goddard's up and coming, but you know when you were talking about who was there to take targets from him. The only one I heard you Keenan mention was Goddard. And that's exactly the reason why I still think he's going to sustain uh, the kind of workload he's been seeing. I mean, I'm more concerned about Carson Wentz's, I guess, health at this point with him. Who's their backup in Philly? If, if, and if they, they just drafted a quarterback. Or a uh, um, kid from Oklahoma. Um Justin Hearn. Or... J- Jalen oh, Hurts. Jalen Hurts, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and and if he has to play, you know, he's probably going to be relying on his tight ends. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that – I'm not saying that Hurts is, is not going to be in the top five. I, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying he's not going to be in the top four – or top three, I mean, with Kittle, uh, Kelsey, and Andrews. He's not going to jump either of them. Yeah, that's that's all I'm saying. I I I know I I, I traded Ertz this past off season, but that was just because I wanted another player and I had the tight end depth. But I also wanted to get ahead of the game in a dynasty league before you know he's 32 years old and I don't have any value for him. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does. That does. That that that's pretty clear to me at least. Uh. Let's move on uh, to number five. That's going to be Evan Ingram for us. So nothing, I think. If he stays healthy, he's going to be great. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what I said. Like nothing too crazy last year because he just he had some injury issues. 
But, I mean, yeah, when he's on the field, I mean, he is just so talented. Uh, people forget how great he was his rookie year. He set the rookie receiving record for a tight end. Um, he's just he's going to get a lot of targets. I think he's somebody that can be that number one uh, targeted in that offense for the Giants, but they're going to spread the ball too uh, with Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, uh, Darius Slayton. So there was only four games last season where he was able to play with uh, – some or, or I'm sorry uh, that he was able to play total with all the wide receivers. Daniel, Daniel Jones only had one game, I believe, where all the wide receivers and, and uh, Evan Ingram were together. So they get to have that continuity. Hopefully, if they, like you said, they can stay healthy. The one advice I have for people: if you're going to draft Evan Ingram, make sure you draft another tight end with with good upside, just because of his health. I mean, I I would hate to see you. I, I've done it in the past. I've all, especially last year. I think I've had high hopes for Evan Ingram and then be like, Oh, I'm not going to worry about tight end position. And then he got hurt. And then, you know, and I was playing with the waiver all, all year. If you so, need to, if you, if you miss out on a second tight end, you can just grab Caden Smith. He actually did pretty decent. Um, in the, uh, when he, when he filled in for Ingram. OJ Howard's going late in late drafts. I, I mean, all three of us think OJ Howard's going to have a great year. Eric Ebron, who's a t- who's a touchdown machine. Mike Mike uh, Gesecki, excuse me, who's also who also had a great year last year. You could also grab. There's there's I think this year there's a lot more tight end um, depth, depth yeah. than 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 years in the past. Where when you had Antonio Gates and you had uh, Tony Gonzalez, and that was it. Um, <laughs> where this year, I mean, I. I you know, this past as we're talking about it, I don't think he's in our top top, you know, twelve here. But this past week when we had our draft, the tight end in Detroit, T.J. Hawkinson, went really late, and I was really shocked by that. I think he went in the thirteenth round, and I was like, "Wait, he's still out there?" You know, I was kicking myself for not grabbing him. So, you know, there's a lot of depth this year. So, if, I'll end it with this. You know, if if you're going to draft Evan Ingram, which which you should because he has the potential to be really good if he stays healthy. Grab grab yourself another one of those late tight ends. Yeah, and, and just like you said, he has that potential because he does. He was on pace for 136 targets last year in the eight games he played. So I know that will come down. That's that's George Kittle, Travis Kelsey level. No, I'm sorry. That's uh, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz level. But uh, that's, I don't know. I don't know. And George Kittle, but I don't know if he can go that much anymore. But uh, let's move Eric to Tyler Higby, number six. Number six, my, Tyler my Higby. number five. You're number five. Yeah, what did you why call Why don't you tell us? Tell what us why Tyler Miles Higby. Sanders, your love? Miles Sanders and my love affair. Yeah, well, this is this is Eric's. <laughs> yeah, currently going tight end nine. Uh, Eric, you got him at five. What's up with Tyler Higby? Uh, it's exactly like what we talked about with Jared Goff on the previous episode. Um. They're going to be running this 12 personnel. Um, I know, Keenan, you don't like training camp reports, but there are reports that Higby is going to be one of the top options for, for Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. As he was towards the end of the last last season when they switched to this 12 personnel. Um, a lot of people want to worry about Gerald Everett, but talk to me when Gerald Everett has a contract extension. You know, if Tyler Higby does have that extension, they've shown they want Higby to be their guy. Um, he dominated last year in this 12 personnel, and I, I'm not worried. I mean, even even if you take away 
40% of what he was on pace for in those last five games, he still is a thousand yard tight end. Uh, so I'm and and over 80 catches. So I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried about him at all. I love him. He's, he's one of the best value values in drafts right now. Yeah. I think you, I think you said it all. Um, I, I agree with that. I really do. Uh, it's about all I can do for there. He's getting a lot of targets, getting a lot of catches. Uh, number seven, Darren Waller for the uh, Las Vegas. Same thing. Got a lot of targets last year. Going to get a lot more targets this year. Uh, well, not a lot more. He's going to get a lot of targets again. Uh, Tyrell Williams is looking like he's going to be out for the season. So that's going to open it up for him. Brian Edwards came in as a draft pick, Henry Ruggs. Uh, so familiarity with Darren Waller and Derek Carr should continue to have him get some targets. Uh, but more number eight out of them would be nice, huh? Uh, Only three last year. Yeah, that would be, but that's the thing. He just, he seems to be a big between the twenties guy. Yeah. Uh, when they get to the end zone, it's, it was just tough for them. Um, and then so they have Josh Jacobs. So you're saying he's a wide receiver converted into a tight end. That's pretty close. That's, it sounds weird. I mean, but was it sounds he, like was he drafted as a wide receiver? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That he was, it's where yeah. the late bloom came from being 27, uh, and finally coming out. But um, yeah, him and Derek Carr did show a connection, and there's uh, Mariota came in, uh, and even if Mariota happens to take over, I think that he may like to use Darren Waller as well, just like he did with Delaney Walker uh, in Tennessee. All right, I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked you with Mark Andrews: 117 targets. Is that the floor or the ceiling for Waller? Yeah. Oh, man, that's definitely the ceiling in my opinion. I don't. I think he gets. A, I got him 101. So I think he squeaks just past 100 again. I think last year was a lot. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think he's going to come down a little. Yeah. Hopefully, but great find. If he if he does, if the targets do come down, hopefully the touchdowns go up. Hopefully he gets you know two two more touchdowns to kind of equal equal that out. And and I mean that's very possible. Um, but I think Darren Waller. I think people are going to reach on him in some drafts. Um, so. I, I'm a Darren Waller guy. I think Antonio, you and I made a trade, and I think I traded for him. But I think people are going to draft him a little higher than he should be drafted. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And um, I think another player that might be going a little bit higher than they should be uh, is Hunter Henry, our number eighth consensus, number seven uh, here in Fantasy Pros that uh, we're checking out. I personally have him – as my uh, tight end, well, getting a little laggy here. It's going late. Uh, my tight end, eleven. So, one sixteen a.m. People, we are committed <laughs> to bring you the fantasy. We're still going. Info. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> what time did we start um, today? Eight thirty. Oh, so just it was something like that. We had to, we had to get some crunching in the day. But so uh, Hunter Henry coming into his fifth year, always had some hype on him every single year. Never played sixteen full games. Uh, now that he doesn't have Phillip Rivers anymore, I don't know what to think. He was on pace for the most targets that he's had in his career last season. But last season's last season. It's all old news. They got Tyrod now. Uh, he's never really shown someone to favor a tight end. So if you have him, you have Mike Williams, you have Austin Eckler, you have Keenan Allen. So he could potentially be the fourth, op fourth option for a Tyrod Taylor-led offense or a rookie Justin Herbert-led offense. I'm out. I'm out on Hunter Henry this year, personally. I loved the guy his whole career so far, but it's kind of unfortunate with how, how they wound up. I hope I'm wrong with him. I do, but I'm out on Hunter Henry. You, you just mentioned 
we'll move on after this point. He had Philip Rivers his last three years, and I know he wasn't healthy for all, the whole season, but the highest he targets he received with a Philip Rivers run offense is seventy six targets. And do you do I see seventy six with Tyrod? Yeah, and that was seventy six in twelve games. You're right. I don't even know if he can get seventy six and sixteen with Tyrod. And that's and that, that's, that's who has him. Uh, who has him high? I haven't made eleventh, I think. Who has him up there? What is he? What are we? He's, he's seventh on Fantasy Pros, and he's our eighth. He's our eighth. Yeah. So what is that? Keenan, you're high on him. Uh, Keenan's got him eighth. Yeah, I got him eighth. I'm not. I mean, and I'm you eighth. got him tenth. Yeah, it just it just worked out yeah. to where he wound up being our. Right around the eight, because uh, we had some uh, dis, some. Uh, how do I, I word that? I guess blanket uh, <laughs> here. Yes, on our on our last uh, three or four tight ends. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that that's our uh, that's our talk there on Hunter Henry. So let's move on now to our next tight end here for number nine. Uh, that's going to be Austin Hoopa. Tight end moving from Atlanta over to Cleveland. Gets to be with Baker Mayfield. Uh, gets to go on the offense where he may be that second targeted uh, player with Jarvis Landry potentially being out for the beginning of the year. Currently being drafted as wider, as tight end 10. Every draft I've done, I mean, he's going way later than that. So yep. I got him in the 10th round over the weekend in our uh, big WB draft. And I thought that was really, really good value for me, especially – what Baker can do, what Baker can be as a as a quarterback, we I just we just mentioned you know Evan Ingram with the injury problems and and also with Darren Waller. I mean, we feel like he his ceiling on the targets. I feel like he's definitely going really low. Am I or is it just me? No, yeah, everyone seems to be fading him for some reason, um, but the Browns paid in. At the time, they made him the highest paid tight end, and and I don't understand why people think he's just not going to be used. Baker Mayfield targeted his tight ends thirty percent of the time. That's that's the stat. Um, yeah, and I just he's going to use him. Um, Jarvis Landry he might miss some time, so all, it's it's going to be OBJ and it's going to be Austin Hooper, um, and then the running backs. It's that that's what the offense is going to be, and I, yeah, I think. He's going to be another pretty good value at, at the tight end position. Um, if you're in a tight end premium league and you want to go running backs and wide receivers for the first eight rounds, you could potentially follow it up with, uh, you know, Austin Hooper and Mike Jacecki or Austin Hooper and yeah. even maybe Tyler Higby. Yeah, he only had 97 targets last year. Where I, I well, that's a lot. I wouldn't say only. I mean, I mean that's a lot, but I think that's that's the that's not the ceiling for him. Where we, oh, where, no, yeah. For Hooper, where you're we just, saying? Yeah, for Hooper. Where we just yeah, he got hurt, too, so he missed games. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, he, yeah, that's true. Um, he played only 13 games. Um, but I could see him at around 120 in this offense. Yeah, I mean, he finished as, as tight end six, like you're saying, uh, with just those 13 games. And Eric already mentioned that Baker targets his tight ends 30% of the time. Well, he gets – touchdowns to his tight ends 35% of the time. Uh, he's been there with, for two years. He's thrown 49 touchdowns, 17 have gone to tight ends. That's a lot to go to tight ends. Now you got Austin Hooper, your main tight end. I mean, who's he really been throwing to at that tight end position for the last couple of years? 
not really anybody. You've been hoping it's David Njoku. He's got the most catches with five, but he hasn't been able to produce. Austin Hooper comes in now for a reason. They want to throw it to one tight end. They want to keep one tight end on the field. I mean, uh, those those 17 touchdowns have gone to seven different tight ends. They don't want that. No. They don't want I almost that. feel like I have Hooper too low. I'm probably going to end up moving him up. I mean, I, I think I do too. I mean, like I said, this draft I just did before this, he went undrafted. I don't get it. <laughs> That's um, crazy. He went That's undrafted, crazy. yeah. Was it a 12-team league? It was 12-team league, yeah. That's crazy. He should be a top People 12. aren't doubling up on tight ends really much in that league, but still, still yeah, he, he should, should be, be a top, top 12. 12. Um, another tight end that people have been uh, not fading, but more so loving, Mike Isicki, as we were just talking about, uh, tight end for Miami. Uh, he was on pace last year to finish uh, as the tight end 10 between weeks 6 and 17. Uh, this was combination of when the Preston Williams injury kind of happened as well as Devontae Parker breaking out uh, Fitzpatrick obviously going crazy but he had over 90 I mean he had 90 targets and finished as the tight end 12 with like I said not really playing as the full focal point for that but that's kind of a negative where you're looking at it as you know Preston Williams should be coming back but uh, because during that time frame he had nine games with at least six targets so if you're not getting that he's probably not going to bring you that top 10-ish value that you might be looking for. Um, but he had eight and a half points per game, which is it's pretty pretty moderate. That can get you tight end one numbers. The only thing I, that I worry about him is if um, Fitzy loses his job there to Tua. And then then do do we see more of a – more of an offense that we see, I don't know, I guess in college where I, – I don't even know. I, I don't know. Maybe – Maybe maybe we just don't see them use a the tight end as much with Tua like they do with Fitz. Yeah, they, that is a worry. I, that is definitely a worry, but um, I do have a feeling that I, – I honestly, it all goes on Preston Williams for me. If Preston Williams comes in and he's doing what he was doing last year where he was actually doing better than Devontae Parker, I, I kind of find it tough for Gasicki to be able to – repeat that but i kind of have faith that that offense is going to be playing from behind and they're going to keep throwing the ball and he's very talented there's a weird stat on jasicki he's uh he's the only tight end with over 80 catches to not break a tackle Ooh, (laughs) over 80 targets or or you mean like uh, he's the only tight end with over 80 targets to not break a tackle still crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's a he's i'm gonna catch the ball and go down kind of guy but hey he's got a lot he's got a uh that's the thing, though, with Kasicki. He's not a traditional tight end. Like, he lines up in the slot a lot. So, you're gonna, most likely, if he's on the field playing, he's going to be getting some action. He's going to be running those routes. That's the kind of tight end I like. So, that's where I do see those opportunities that he could be coming on. Um, but another another uh, a tight end, let's move on here, that, that lines up in the slot a bit, uh, Hayden Hurst, that we were talking about a bit earlier. Uh, he gets tra- uh, traded over to Atlanta, sending that second-round pick. Uh, former first round pick for the Baltimore Ravens. That's you great. Know, not as not as much hype on him as I thought there would. Like I, I'm honestly surprised because his ADP right now is 13th, like behind Noah Fant, behind Jared Cook, behind like we just said Austin Hooper. It's yeah. kind of surprising to me. Yeah, anyone anyone that's added to that um, Atlanta offense, I'm I'll take a gamble on him, especially where his ADP is. What 
what what do you have to lose? Yeah, he's exactly. he's another he's another one of these tight ends that could be a really good value because yeah. you look at what Hooper did. Hooper was on pace for um, over 110 targets. I mean, not saying that Hayden Hurst is going to come in and be what Hooper was, but if you look at it, Hayden Hurst, like you said, he was a first round pick. He was a highly, highly touted tight end coming out of college. You hey, know? He, he has just as much talent pick. as Hooper has. Yeah. Potentially. But really, it, I'm sorry, Eric. No, you're fine. But I mean, and even with even with Ridley and Julio Jones on the field, Austin Hooper was still getting targets. So it's not like that's necessarily gonna take a ton away from him. You know, I'm looking at our draft that we completed this past weekend. He went undrafted. Yeah. Really? Um, I'd rather have him over Jonah Smith from Tennessee. I'd rather have him over, let's see here, maybe even Gronk. I mean, Gronk was drafted. Definitely, yeah, Gronk was drafted too high. Out of yeah, place. Hunter Henry. I'd rather have him over Hunter Henry. Um, we just talked about Mike, Mike Gesicki. I think I'd rather have him over him. Um, you got to be updating your ranks here. Yeah, I know. I'm just, like, looking at everything. I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, it – Rank my rankings are gonna change every day. Just just you know thoughts that go through my mind and stuff that I read. I even ha- I you know I rather even have him higher than Tyler Higby. Oh, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. But no, I, I honestly I'm I'm shocked that he you know went undrafted. I'm looking at our big board here on this. Well, yeah, and, and we were just talking about Austin Hooper, 97 targets in 13 games. Yeah, I mean even if. He gets just the 97 that Austin Hooper had. Hayden Hurst is going to have an efficient and productive year. Uh, so, I mean, call yourself a, a skeptic on Hayden Hurst to say you're fading him and he doesn't get 97. He gets 80 targets. I mean, you get you get a, a tight end that still gets over 50 catches. He has a potential for 500 yards and five, six touchdowns. That's going to be a tight end one, guys. That's what it takes. That's where, that's where he's, that's where he's going to be. So he's going to his 13th, right around a good spot. Uh, going right before him, though, is Noah Fant, Denver's tight end, coming into his second year. He ends our tight ends here as uh, consensus number 12. Very, very talented player. We saw a lot of uh, a lot of ability in his yards after catch, a lot of speed that come with him. Uh, he's another kind of tight end that uh, lines up in the slot. Uh, but, you know, a problem that I think that I, I had with Noah Fant not just the offense, but the fact that he had the three touchdowns so sparingly throughout the season, he wasn't able to ever really be consistent with it. But I kind of blame some of that Denver offense never really getting it together with their quarterback shuffle and then ending with Drew Locke. Uh, is Noah Fant a breakout for you this year, Keenan? Uh, did he already break out? You know, he's one of seven rookie tight ends to get over 500 yards uh, he's and, not- have, and have over 13 yards per catch. So. He's not breaking out this year, and he hasn't broke broken out yet. Drew Locke's our quarterback. I'm not high on him. Um, I guess I guess it's wait and see see what Drew Locke de- develops into. Um, if Drew Locke isn't isn't good, they'll have to replace him with another quarterback. We'll go from there. But I think I think we're another year or two away from seeing Noah Fant become become the star player that he possibly can be. I mean, that Denver offense, that whole Denver offense, there's a lot of potential, you know, um, potential on, on paper. A lot of question marks. So, 
all around from the quarterback position to the wide receiver position to even the running back position. So I guess, I guess this whole, the whole Denver team is a wait, wait and see. I'm staying away from them, I guess. Yeah. I'd rather have, I, I'd rather have, uh, um, what was the title we just talked about? Hey, nurse. Yeah, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, Hayden Hurst. here. Almost one thirty. Um, I'd rather have I'd rather have Hayden Hurst over over Noah Fan. Yeah, I. So, the exact reason why I I don't think he's broken out yet, and the exact reason why he's not going to break out this year, is the exact reason why people are low on Cortland Sutton. Yeah. It's because they they brought in Jerry Judy, um, they brought in Melvin Gordon to help this run game. Drew Locke's not the kind of quarterback that's going to sustain multiple, multiple top end passing options. I don't believe he's going to be. Um, and, and yeah, so for, for that reason, I mean, still top 12, you know, top 12 tight end is top 12 tight end. It's, it's, it's a good year, but he, he only had not, three. not breakout wise. I don't see him pushing anywhere close to the top five. He only had three touchdowns last year, and one was a 75-yarder. I mean, so technically he had two touchdowns because what happened on that 75-yarder touchdown? Um, that was a beautiful broken tackle one, too, that you guys might remember, where he uh, just flew past the defender. He's so fast. And, and that's the thing. Like, you don't really see tight ends do that. Um, right. And he's great. great. He's a great player. Yeah. It's, it's more so – I just – It's opportunity. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be enough there. I don't think Drew Locke is going to be able to just sustain. And that. when it comes to fantasy football, you're always after after round what five, six. You're drafting. You're really going to start drafting for potential, and that's where Noah Fant, you know, comes in. I'd rather. Yeah. Would, would you rather have Noah Fant or Jared Cook? Oh, definitely no. Uh, oh, actually, I don't know. Now that you say, I think I might rather. Have, yeah. Just because I want to also say, just because I say. I don't think he will break out. He definitely has potential to break. Yeah. Out. He has the talent. It's just it's it's gonna be tough. Yeah, he only had more than five targets twice, and I mean, I now that I'm looking at this, maybe we all have him too high. Maybe he shouldn't be twelfth. You know, he's over the likes of T.J. Hawkinson, um, Jack Doyle, who's supposed to come back and get a lot of catches. I don't know. Well, maybe we we'll have to. I mean, right now you're it's a crapshoot for tight ends after after you know at the top time you're looking at. Who knows who can be in the top 12? Look, I mean, over the years, we've seen so many tight ends break out and then yeah. kind of disappear. But like I said, back to back to Jared Cook versus Noah Fan. I'd rather have Noah Fan over Jared Cook. I know I got to update my rankings. Thanks, Eric. Um, just because I feel like Jared Cook is touchdown dependent where Noah Fan isn't. And Noah Fan, Noah Fan. Um, he doesn't have the the, tight, the quarterback that Jared Cook does in, in New Orleans. If so it, are you picking Jared Cook over Noah Fant? No, I'm picking Noah Fant. I'm oh, drafting okay. Noah Fant over Jared Cook because of the potential that Noah Fant can, can have. And I'm not saying he will break out, but he might break out this year. Um, a lot of question marks, know. like I said. Where yeah, Cook Cook's nine nine touchdowns really? I mean, I know he won't get nine again, but he could yeah. get four or five. Like Noah, he had the same yeah, target. He had the same amount of targets too. That's right. my point. And he had nine touchdowns. Where where Noah Fan only had thirty three touchdowns, and one was a seventy five yarder. So did I say thirty three touchdowns? I meant to say three touchdowns. Um, where one was a seventy five yarder. So I'm counting it only two touchdowns. Um, so I, with the potential that Noah Fan can get more touchdowns and may 
in the same amount of targets, I'd rather have Noah Fan over Jared Cook. I hear you. So I hear you there. Yeah, I think I might have to adjust just just uh, my rankings yeah. a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of rankings, Mags, we're done. Rankings are over. It's a good way to rank players and talk talk about them with your friends because you the when you start talking to each other, you start thinking maybe you you have this guy too high, this guy too low, and it, it helps you you know in your drafts. And that's a great point, and that that's how people really you guys really everyone really needs to look at it that way because we're we're all watching the same game, but we're all seeing different things, right? That's why uh, we all the different stats, we all the different angles and, and different ways to point them out. And it's just, it's how do you take the information and what do you do with it that really allows you to become a great fantasy player. And, and that's what we're doing here. We give you the information. It, you decide what you want to do with it. Ultimately it's your team, but you have to execute it, you know, the way you want to. So listen to all the well, things that we have and yeah. Yeah. I did just want to add, um, even though, this year seems to be, you know, much, you know, much better class of tight ends. Um, I'm still trying to get one of those top three tight ends in the beginning, in the beginning rounds. Because, or two of them. Or two of them in your case. Or two of them I'll take them because the wide receiver is so – the wide receiver depth is so big. Like, it, it's – you can literally – the there's going to be 26 to 27 wide receivers over 1,000 yards. Like you can you can make up for it in the end, and George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews are going to be scoring a lot more points than some of these other guys. And we we mentioned it where you could find a wide receiver on the waiver wire. Where I I think that's where championships are won is on the waiver wire, over finding a good running back or a tight end. Yeah, those those are some good points. Uh, those are very good points. And honestly, if you even want, go to whole darn draft without getting a quarterback. Um, or a tight end if really need be, and you could just draft running backs and wide receivers because it sounds like there's a lot of good options that are just, like you said, out there on the waiver wire. Um, but, yeah, like I uh, like I mentioned, our rankings, uh, that's going to wrap that up. So, as we said, we had our quarterback running back yesterday, just finished our wide receiver and tight end. So, I think we have some big news we want to announce. We didn't forget about it, people. We definitely did not forget about it. Are you guys excited to announce the news? I'm excited, but I'm tired too. It's 1.36. <laughs> Keenan will definitely keep you posted on the time, I promise, the rest yeah. of the episode. Uh, no, but honestly, guys, great news here. So we are very happy, very pleased to announce that we have our website launching, dynastymafiapodcast.network. That's going to be available for you guys. As of right now, when you're listening to this, go right to it. Uh, we are so happy that uh, we have uh, Joe Sorrow joining our team. Uh, he's going to be a contributing writer for us. He helped us uh, get all of this possible, put together the website. He's just, he's a great dude. Make sure to follow him uh, on Twitter, Sorrow, S-A-R-R-O, Joe, W-N-Y. Uh, so with that, make sure to follow the pod at Dynasty Mafia underscore FF. Make sure to follow Keenan at Keen underscore 716. You can follow Eric at Eric D underscore ff you can follow myself at antonio denisi ff make sure to check us out on youtube good luck with your drafts everybody please feel free to tweet us with any questions we are here to help but without that we'll talk to you guys one more time before the season starts i can't believe it's already here go get some sleep you guys oh i'm going to i just mentioned joe did a great great job 
and uh, we really appreciate what he did. And, um, and I hope you guys like the site. Yeah, we'll be writing articles. Uh, we're going to have, we'll have our rankings up. Uh, we're going to get our dynasty rankings moving there. We, we've got a lot of good stuff we're hoping to bring to you, to you folks. So any feedbacks always appreciated. We're always looking to improve, uh, stay humble, stay hungry. So with that further ado, mafia out.